starting a new series, and it's what a great series, and this is going to be a real easy one. It's an easy one for me, the community of Christ, because the reason I started this church is because I believe in community. I believe in a culture, uh, people coming together in a culture to create something that is the most one of the most powerful things that you can do to create a family, to create your environment that you're going to live in for generations. And in this uh, culture, there is a, a purpose. A, a, Jesus is going to be very clear on what this community looks like. What is happening in this community? You know, you go to one community and, and the, the, it's a still mill town. And everybody there has something in common, that they work at the steel mill or, you know, they work at this car factory. Well, this process of community, it was started, Jesus just didn't say, hey, we're going to be a community, but it is going to be a powerful force and it has a look to it. Let's look at the definition here. It says a community is this, it's a group of people living in the same place, which is a territory. But you know what? You can live in the same area, but you're, you don't have the same culture. You know, you can live in, the, in this, this, this little area, and, and there's Italians there, there may be Hispanics here, and their cultures don't cross, but they still are a community just because of the area. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a group of people who interact with one another, and because you share things, you share belief systems, values. And that's what makes up the community of Christ, is that we share the values. We agree on... Now, we have different opinions, and there is an agreement. The you know, Bible says that you need to be in unity. And people are going, oh, the Methodists aren't in unity with the Baptists. Yes, they are. They just don't agree on government or this one scripture, but they're in unity on the essentials. The essentials, Jesus died for our sin, rose from the dead, you know, that, that we will be gathered up into heaven where he makes a resting place, a, a home for all of us. And so we are in unity. So I just want to just knock that out when people going, that church isn't unified. Yes. Guess what? My wife and I are unified. Do we agree on everything? I think anyone in this room can answer that. You know, it's like, oh, no. You know, I know uh, Aslan, my daughter, she would hear Chris and I discussing, and she goes, stop fighting, stop fighting. I said, you've never heard a fight. If this is fighting, <laughs> a fight is something's going to get broken. Someone's stomping out of the house in tears. I mean, and it's usually me, but... Um, <clears throat> It is what it is. <laughs> so we are unified. We, we have dif differences. Uh, that's fine. You know, you know who I have the most differences with that I just don't agree with the most? And that's myself. Have you ever disagreed with yourself? You know, it's like, gosh, it should be this way, but it's not. I want to do that, but you don't. You know, uh, so... We are in unity, and so we're going to talk about how powerful this is because G even Jesus tells us what it's going to look like. Let's look at a couple of scriptures, and I could have gone to any number of scriptures, and they all point back to a community. You can't do this faith thing without 
being in a community. You, you can't be dynamic until you come together. And one of the great scriptures that points this out says, there should be no division in the body. And there we don't. We have disagreements, but we're not divided. We agree on, on those important things. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So it, when the division are talking about, they're not talking about theology here. It says, you know what the division is? That one person is more important than the other. That's, that's, no, no, that, that's not right. One part, we are all important. You know, you know, the most important person here, I think, is the one who unlocks the door. You know, or cleans the restroom. Where would we be without a clean restroom? You know, you think, oh, no, Mark's the most important. Peter's the most important. Yeah, I said, no, that, that's division. That's where the division is. Says everyone in this community has the same worth. Well, yeah, we're all different parts and we play different parts, but wait a minute. We need to be concerned. Verse 26, if if one part suffers, every part suffers. Without it, if one part is honored, you know what? Every part rejoices in that honor that's given. Says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part. That's a community. That's not just a community, but it creates a culture of caring one for the other. Uh, the title of this is Salt and Light, and I'm just going to kind of jump forward here a little bit to get us ready for it. Um, you know, it says that if one part suffers... We need to deal with it. We need, and, and, and the whole message is going to go this way. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with how giving, you know, people are in this church, you know, just not financially, but, you know, these people come here and serve coffee. They help us get parked. They, I was at, uh, just, no one, there's not a service after this, so I can take a Let's, instead of calling it a rabbit trail, let's call it a mark moment. Um, <laughs> we used to have these Jesus festivals back in the late 70s, you know, people from all over and come to Jesus. Some of y'all remember the Jesus festival. And a friend of mine uh, was in a car accident going to the Jesus festival, and he stopped at the, he had to go to the hospital there in Buena Vista. And uh, when he got there, he had a little stitch on his eye. And so I go, so where's the hospital? And he goes, oh, he goes, it's over here, and they're really nice. He goes, but something really weird happened there. I go, what? He goes, there were two men there that were from the Jesus Festival. I said, oh, did they get hurt? Did something collapse? He goes, no, they got in a fist fight over a parking space. <laughs> they were getting stitches too. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> it's like... That's not the body. Uh, <laughs> they weren't concerned for each other. They were concerned for themselves. And, and, and so all these people who help around the church, you go, you know, what's their motivation? Well, if, if I had a big pair of pliers, and I've done this as examples before. If I had a huge channel locks, they're really nastier looking. And so a pair of pliers. And if I told you to give me 
the small, just, just the end of your pinky. Hold it out, and I take these pliers, and I clamp down on it, and I start squeezing as hard as I can, and then I say to you, give, give the Lord some praise. Tell me what God is doing in your life. Let me tell you, he'd say a bunch of things, but it wouldn't be that. <laughs> I, I think I'd be getting uh, everything out of him except being called a uh, man of God. <laughs> why? Can't, why can't he not think about anything else? It's pain in his life. You know what this verse tells me, brothers? Because you're in the church. You're in this community. And you can't hear or feel the goodness of God because there's pain in your life. Let us know about it. Tell somebody in the community. Let us know. That's what makes us a community. If one suffers, we all suffer. How can I help? And if I can't, I know somebody who can deal with it. Who here hasn't, hasn't, you haven't been able to get over a divorce. You haven't been able to give your heart to anyone else. You can't move on. Someone has died in your family. Let us know. Let us know. That's what makes the community. And these people who serve you coffee. You know, you didn't get to have your coffee when you left the house. You're late. You know, you're still in your pajama bottoms. You came anyway. You know, we always tell when we always tell when mothers go go off or something, and dad brings their kids to church. You know, the kids in diapers, barefoot in diapers. It's like your wife's not at home, is she? <laughs> You know, you know, the wife's home, you know, this two-year-old, you know, has got its hair gel on and is perfectly dressed and like, man. we make coffee just to take a little pain away. We have it clean, just make you a little comfortable. We have the guys in the parking lot. And we're going to see the word's going to tell us, because consider, what a, consider how can you do this? take the pain away because until as long as your fingers in that vice or that pair of pliers there's only one thing you see and that's not the goodness of God it's the pain it's the pain well Hebrews Hebrews says and let us consider how we may spur one do you see the word consider how we we have a meeting every month with the staff and this is what one of the things that we do we consider how can we make it more comfortable taking pain out of your life we have small groups we have teaching that's going on right now finding your place in the church how can we take the pain out of your life so that you can hear and see the goodness of God that goes on around you that's community that's why it's so important to take some of that pain away, to watch your kids. How many could hear, I mean, if angels appeared on the stage, would you see them if your three children were sitting beside you right now? Like, 
there were angels. I was telling this one to be quiet, and this one, <laughs> there were actual angels. I was on the third row. I didn't see anything. Like, wow. We consider. What can we do? We consider these things so, so that we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of. Oh, man. Is that, that was back in the beginning. People going, yeah, yeah, I got the Jesus thing. I'm too busy to go today. I got to do the hedges, you know. We need to spur one on another. And sometimes that is, is to help take some of that pain out of your life. You know, the, the sad thing about church is that everyone here thinks that the other guy is more perfect. Oh, their marriage is so good. Oh, they did that. So you don't ever share what's going bad in your life. And that's not community. It, we're here to take the pain away and to rejoice. How many on the, just the other spec, end of the spectrum is going, well, I don't want to tell them that I won the lottery. It makes everyone else feel bad. You know, it's like, buddy, I'm buying a church. <laughs> I'm putting a building up. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going to tell everybody. But that comes across too. You're like, oh, I don't want to mean. Well, we consider so Jesus put it in a nutshell about what community looks like, and this is how he described it. He described it, he told the disciples, he goes, you know what, now you're salt and light to the world. Now I want you to know, they said that Jesus is the light of the world, he is the light, but we are light to the world. He is the light of the world, he's the answer, but we now carry that torch. He said that now I'm going to go away. You got that. You're going to carry that torch. And says, so, you know what? Okay. Do you have to get crucified? No. To be the light. No. He is the light. We carry the light. All we have to do is describe the community and be a part of the community. And it's going to change. The community of Christ will change the world if we are salt and light. You can't hide a light. And salt has a purpose. And we're going to discuss those things today that you can be that today and probably already have been and, do, and didn't appreciate it. And we want to appreciate it so we can continue it, you know, be pointed and consider how that we can continue on. So Jesus describes it in this different way. So here is in Matthew, he tells us in this one instance, says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Well, it can't. It is no longer good for anything. When the church isn't being salt, you're not worth beans, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So first of all, salt had different purposes, you know, and so let's take a look at when he said, he said this, you know, 2,000 years ago, but the, the, the thing about salt is still true today in most of the instances, but in, the, in that day, I want us to take a, a, a serious look at what it meant to be called salt, because it was common knowledge. So salt is a preservative. 
They didn't have refrigeration. So if you're going to have any meat with you for any amount of time, it had to be salted and dried. Uh, and, and we have, we have, we use it for that purpose even to today. So the, the nice thing about a, being a preservative, we are preserving the word of God. We're preserving a standard. You know, it says, and even in scripture, it tells us to do this, you know, to, to remain salt because the day is coming when the Lord's going to return. We keep the earth here. I mean, the presence of God here. Because when the Lord returns, he's going to remove the salt and light, and everything goes bad. When he takes us to heaven, it all goes bad. We're preserving. Now, people hate us because we preserve. We have a standard. We know God's word. That's the standard. Um, Prime Minister Trudeau in Canada last week said, the worst part of Canadians are the Christians. Now, he is not a believer, and he's being held to Christian standards because a bunch of things has been found out about him, his character. And so people are going to hate us because we preserve. We preserve a standard. But we also, at the same time, as long as we're here, the world is here. As long as God has salt and light here, it's not going to hell in a handbasket, basically. So we act as a preservative. The next is... We're an enhancer to life. We're a life enhancer. Jesus said, you know, I came that you might have boredom and a whole lot of it. No, life and life to the full. He's going, you mean I get to drink and smoke? and That shortens your life. <laughs> you know what? He wants us to have life. And what your flesh thinks is life, the Bible says it's fun for a season, and then that season's over. It enhances life. So much that in the scripture, in Luke 6, it says, where there is strife, we are the peacemakers. Where there is sorrow, we are the ministers of Christ. Binding up wounds. So what's the ministers of Christ? We bind up wounds. That's pretty physical, someone binding up a wound in your heart or physical. And where there is hatred, we are an example of love. Wow. Returning good for evil. That's the community. And and here's the deal, that people are going to see what you do long before they know what you believe. Long before they ever listen to you, they're going to see what you do. Salt and light. I've said it many times. In fact, I, I just was in contact with a good friend of mine. He's a pastor in, in uh, Melbourne. When he was 15 years old, his father had passed away about four months before. Uh, I was coming back from a meeting. I was his small group leader. And um, I knew he had a birthday. I knocked on the door, his mother, it was like lights come on, I knew it, it was probably about 9.30, and they go, oh, he's already gone to bed, I woke him up, I stopped at Publix, had one of those little chocolate cakes, we were back in his bedroom, he goes, what are you doing here, I go, it's your birthday, buddy, happy birthday, he goes, well, okay, and uh, he goes, you want me to go get plates, I go, we're men, <laughs> he was, like, he was going to get in trouble, he went, yeah. 
when I left, he lived on a cul-de-sac. He told me this. He goes, it's been his testimony for 45 years. He said, as I saw you leaving in your Volkswagen, he goes, I said to myself, crying, whatever he is, I'm going to become. It didn't matter what I was. What mattered is I took his finger out of those pliers and the pain out of his life. Just long enough for him to see the goodness of God in someone else's life. That's the light. Changed his life. Because he wrote me a letter about 15 years ago. He goes, Mark, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. He didn't know that I'd started a church. He said that, um, I don't know if you still are ministering to people. He goes, but I want you to know because of what you did for me, thousands have come to the Lord. Community. If we just take some pain out of a neighbor's life, that's what they're going to see before they hear. Let me blink a few times because all these papers are blurry. <laughs> the next thing salt was, it was a commodity. It had value. The Roman soldiers were paid in salt. They had a choice. You can get paid in salt or gold because it was about the same value. The Greeks only sold slaves uh, to, by salt. That's how you paid for a slave, is salt. Um, even in um, the United States, the, the soldiers out west had a choice to get paid in salt and money because of the value of it. Have you ever heard the, the saying that, uh, oh, that guy's not worth his salt? That means he's not worth what he's paid. Because they used to pay in salt. So you know what? said, so when you're salt of the earth, Jesus was saying, you are valuable. You are valuable to this earth. People may not like you because, you know, you hold a standard. You know, you, you bring conviction by the what, what you believe in. But your value here is incredible. The witness of God remains on this earth because of you. Not because of the church. In fact, the first service, can I do this? Who has their phone? Has your, is it on you? Is, get it, yeah, show it to me. All right. All right, take it out. That's right, you're going, oh gosh. <laughs> but you're obedient. <laughs> Take a selfie. You can turn around and get me in it. Get, did you, and I'm, I'm, do I have to come down there and see? Oh, yeah, they're getting a mom and daughter thing. Okay. Oh, hey. All right. Underneath it, you need to say, here's a picture of the church and send it to somebody. You just took a picture of the church. You just took a picture of the community. I always like it when someone says, I'm never going to go back to church. You are the church. 
maybe the worst part of the church, but <laughs> you're the complaining part of the church. You fit. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do that. You have to leave the faith not to be a part of the church. I don't believe in an organized church. So you're a part of the disorganized one? Like, yeah. We're the church. We're that community. And without it, there is no witness on earth. Jesus is gone. Jesus is in heaven making intercession for us. We are it. And if people don't see it in us, they're not going to see it. How many unsaved do you go, yeah, I'm going to turn on the Christian channel? You know, they would call it the unbeliever channel. <laughs> they turn it on, it says Christian channel. Hey, I'm an unbeliever, I'll listen to that. No. It's for Christians. The community is what people see. And we have value. You have value to the kingdom and value to everyone in here. To everyone you do. You have value to your neighbor. Your unsaved neighbor. You have value. You know, he can't get his yard mowed. So what do you do? Hey, you got an hour. Go mow his yard. Why'd you do that? My next door neighbor across the street is a young single guy. I, every now and then I see him go by because it's five acres. We don't see people. But he always talks to Joe who comes to church. And uh, Joe runs into him. And uh, the guy goes, goes, hey, tell Mark, thanks for mowing my yard. I know it's him. And then the other day he had this big pile of garbage the bear knocked over and I picked it all up. He goes, hey, tell Mark, thanks for picking up the garbage. He never, He knows. He knows. You know, I'm just taking a little pain out of his life so that somewhere, someone, it doesn't have to be me, is gonna, he's going to be free to see the hand of God in his life. That's community. Gosh, it's so powerful. Here's light. The analogy is... The light of the world, that God is working through those, and if we don't shine, so the, so in Matthew five fourteen, there it says, "You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. It can't be hidden. If you're doing the kinds of works, the loving works of God, it can't be hidden. Don't try. It. Don't set it under. Don't try to hide it. Don't boast about it." A city set on the hill that cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, the presence of light and darkness is something that's unmistakable. There's dark room. Turn the switch on. Light! You don't see darkness going, oh, not this again. <laughs> ah, you treat me so bad. I'll be back. You know, instantly changed. You do a good work for someone that wasn't expecting it. And guess what? They are instantly changed. 
darkened hearts can be brought to light when you bring the light. Light illuminates, it disinfects. So you walk in a room, <laughs> all those nasty jokes, stop. You disinfected it. Well, it's nice. And here's the part, like I said, Prime Minister Trudeau is hating. It exposes. Instead of them feeling, the problem is that some people, instead of them feeling convicted, they blame you for bringing it. It, 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 it. It's who you are. You didn't bring anything. It's who you are because it's your culture. In Matthew, it says, look, as soon as, soon as you tell somebody God loves them, you've drawn a line in the sand and you've condemned them to hell because they know that they don't love God. So you can say as wonderful thing as you can, and some people are going to feel condemned because they're not going to accept God. They're just going to blame you for bringing that bad feeling in. So, but to the one who receives it, wow. So let, let, let me paint this. There are several different you know, ways, uh, opinions, or views how salt and light are supposed to work. There's this extreme. There's a legalistic ex extreme that, you know, I can be salt and light because I'm going to get this person to pray this way and because I go to this church and because I, when I pray, I say, Father God, you know, you know and it's very legalistic. And because you do it this way, you know, you're going to be salt and light and a witness to the world. Well, then, then, then there's uh, another, um, uh, another very liberal, like liberalist, you know, that's the legalist now, the liberal side of it, a licensing side. Uh, theologically, it's called antimonism, which means you are not under any law. You don't have to change. You don't have to become a better, you know, it doesn't apply to you. Uh, it's, in other words, dualism, that what my spirit experiences in Jesus, it has no effect on my flesh. My flesh can still go and do whatever it wants to, and the two are completely soft, uh, separate. Well, there's that extreme and this extreme, but the example that we, we see is right in the middle. is called the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's because I saw the the light and the understanding of the cross of Jesus and what he did in my life that I now can carry that. It, it's, um, well, I, where's the, see, Jesus gave his disciples a title, salt and light. Not at the end when he was getting rid of the cross. As soon as he, they gathered up and he goes, Matthew, come follow us. You know, you know, Peter, put your nets away. And they did. Before the, he trained them, before anything happened, all they did was, I'm going to leave what I was doing and believe in him. Don't know what I'm getting into. I'm not trained. I don't have a degree. I'm just following. Jesus said, good guys, just because of that. You are salt and light. You are going to be my witnesses. Well, we don't know what to do. Well, just come on. You're salt and light. Just tell them what you saw me do. Just tell them what you heard me say. So I put it like this. He goes, when Jesus called the disciples salt and light, it wasn't because of their knowledge or training, but because of who they believed in and followed. Do you believe? Jesus died for your sins. Are you following your salt and light according to Jesus? You are his witnesses. Oh, of what 
because you're going to die on the cross? No, you're a witness that he died on the cross for your sins. That's what, did Jesus die for your sins? And everyone's supposed to say, witness. That makes you a witness. That, that alone makes you salt and light. That, that's it. You are salt and light. You are the witness left behind. Well, you know, I don't speak very good. Can you take the pain out of someone's life so someone else can show them the goodness of the gospel? Is there something that you can do for them that someone else can be the other part? Because remember, the very beginning, hey, let there be no divisions among you. One of you is not more important than the other. If you could take the thorn out of the lion's foot, that's all you did. Can you do that? And the answer is we all can. You know, we're, we're not light by nature, but we're all light bulbs. We just need to plug into the source to be released. You just wonder, how, how cheerless is a room when there's no light? How much fear there is in a life when there is in dark room? The unknown. And it says, you know what? We're those people who come in with the positive word of hope. And here's what's important. Our hope can't be in the same thing the world hopes for. Good kids, good marriage. No, that we want that. But our hope has to be different from their hope. The reason we do something, we can't say, oh, well, because I want my kids to see me and I want a good family. No, we, if, if, if they look into our life and they see that we're hoping, our extreme you know, hope is the same stuff they're hoping in, they're not going to ask us where our hope comes from. They're thinking it's coming from their same place. No, our hope comes from the Lord. Their hope comes, you know, well, I'm hoping that I'm going to have a nice car. I'm trying to pay this off. Where's your hope coming from? Why, do you, why did you do this? Because you don't hope in the same things I hope in. You don't talk about the same things. I, you know, oh, we want to do this vacation. We want to do. Since you don't talk that way, I know that you like those things. But you know what? There's something else in you. And in 1 Peter, it tells us that people, 1 Peter 3.15, it says, you know what? People are going to ask you, why do you have that hope? But if our hope looks like their hope, they're not going to ask a question. We have to have a hope in something totally different. And it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, our hope is to be a part of this community. And you know, it says we're a light to the world. Guess who's in the world? Your kids, your grandkids. They're in that world. You, know, you might be saying, well, I'm going to live there for them. You know what? You need to live for the Lord and they will see. I had a wonderful experience. Kale, my oldest grandson, He's, I didn't even know that there was some incident like a year ago in the parking lot. Somebody was distraught, really angry. And he came up to me and he goes, you know, Pop Ops, you, you were trying to help her and she was being mean to you. I go, I know. And he, he just he asked more, more and more questions, but he noticed something. It wasn't me spending time with him. 
that touched him. It was him seeing me trying to leave, relieve the hurt of someone else. Our hope has to be in the Lord. Not paying off our house. That's a goal. <laughs> you can set a goal. Your hope has to be to relieve the pain of others so that they can see and hear the work of God. So that they can see the community. There's the small group questions. Because here's the, it comes down to this. You need to open yourself up to seeing this glorious work, sensing this love that God has for you. And you know what? There may someone may be here. We used to have a clock. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. They took the little clock I never looked. And it was this big. And now they made it this big. I still don't see it. So. Some of you may have too much pain in your life. Let us be a part of that. Let us be a part of that. To take that pain away so that you can see. So that you can taste and see that the Lord is. And once you see that and know that there's a community to thrive in. Your life is changed. Your life will be changed forever. To be in that community, you're going to be that gracious person. So I'm going to, before I have you stand up, I want to declare, it's almost like commission. Those of you who've not ever seen yourself in this position, that you're the salt and the light, it's pretty bleak what Jesus said that once salt loses its saltiness, it's worth zip. You have no value for this world or anyone in the church. You have to be salty. And the recognition that I am, you know what I'm doing? I'm recognizing that Jesus is who he says he is, and I'm going to follow. That's what changed the disciples. If no one has ever been commissioned by someone in authority, and in this area I have the authority, once we stand up, I'm just going to have you come down. And I just want to speak the words over you, commissioning you, that you are now salt and light to the world. You're preserving, you're illuminating. Some people are going to hate you, but others, you're going to remove that thing that, that, that's just so painful in their life. If it's a divorce they couldn't get over. If it's a death they couldn't get over. If it's a, an abandonment they couldn't get over. It is our place to help relieve the pain so that they too can see the light. That they can taste and see that the Lord is good. That you can be that thing that so frees them that as you drive off, they said, whoever that, whatever they believe in, 
I'm going to do that. Because there's nothing, nothing better than knowing that someone has been lifted of their pain and changed their life. So let's stand. So let me commission those. If you've never had that, come on down. I'll read from Isaiah 43.10. Remember, it's not what you know, not the scriptures that you can quote. It's not that, that you gave up cigarettes. It's because you believe in the cross of Jesus Christ and you follow. And that following, God's going to deal with the other stuff. But there's a world that needs preserving. There's a world that needs, when the pain is removed from them, to see this community and have their life changed. Hallelujah. So, those guys who came down, raise your hands. And you two in the crowd, if you want to raise your hands and receive this. Here's what the Lord says in Isaiah 43. Because of this, you are my witnesses. I declare this as the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. Father, you have chosen us. Now I send them to be salt and light. Just as you did the disciples. Said you're salt and light. We are a community to relieve the pain, bring healing, deal, fix the strife. Father, we are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Woo!